Well, if you've got your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 8. If you're not familiar with looking up Scripture, it'll be on the screen behind me this morning. And we're finishing up today this straight path, crooked path part of our Proverbs series called Foolproof. We're actually trying to take wisdom, figure out how to imply it and get it into our lives, deal with it, and then let it come back out of our lives. So many times we have this false idea of what wisdom is or where we go for wisdom and all these kind of things. And we've been really digging into this book of Proverbs to figure it out. And this passage in Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, I'm going to read it to us. And just kind of remind where we focused last week. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And what we talked about last week is this path of wisdom. Once we get on it, it's not a boring path. It's not the the kiddie roller coaster. It's an amazing wild ride as we allow wisdom to play out in our life. It doesn't necessarily bring calm and comfort into our life. Sometimes it's going to take us to challenging places in our life, challenging situations that will make you feel overwhelmed. It will leave you sometimes hanging on for dear dear life. It'll cause you to face fears and deal with issues that you'd often rather hide from. But that's what wisdom is. It is a beautiful ride through this life, not a boring backseat kind of ride. I remember growing up, one of the things my parents loved to do on Saturday afternoons was get in the car and go for a ride. And that was like the word, like the leaves are changing, boys. Let's go look at the leaves. And me and my brother would sit in the back seat of our car, bored out of our minds, sleeping. This was before phones and video games. I think the only game we had in the car was that thing where you would, on a triangle, where you would jump pegs. Like, I, I can still do that to this day because that's what I did in the back seat of the car well too often. But it was like this back seat, calm ride through the beautiful leaves and scenery. And I think sometimes when we think about these straight paths and having the wisdom of God, we just think about ease and that backseat kind of life. And I want to tell you, instead, it's like getting in a go-kart with 100 other people on a track and it's going crazy and cars are coming in and out and you're trying to just survive and get to that finish line. And it's the wisdom of God that helps you know which track to take and which lane to go and when to speed up and when to slow down. It is a fast paced, enjoyable life. And I love that we get to do this. And last week we talked about this journey begins when we trust in the Lord with all our heart instead of leaning on our own understanding. And it was a simple idea of this, that we have to learn to understand that wisdom is a relocation, not a vacation. It's not just somewhere we visit. It's somewhere we move to. It's somewhere we plant our lives in, into the wisdom of God. It is not just something that we visit on occasion. It's a regular part of our life. We can't have a tourist mindset. We have to have this relocation, permanent mindset in our life. And the way we finished up is we said this, wisdom isn't a place to visit when you finally get to the end of your rope. Instead, wisdom is the rope that we use to climb through this life on. It is the constant climb on wisdom. It isn't a path out of fear, anxiety, stress, or difficulty. It is a path through it with hope and peace. That was Proverbs 3, 5. Now, this week we're going to finish up 6, 7, and 8. And so let's look at Proverbs 3, 6 and see what it says this morning. It says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make, path, make straight your paths. What does it mean to acknowledge him? 
when I hear this, I, I think about if you've been watching like NCAA tournament right now, like after the games, they'll interview people. And oftentimes they'll be like, hey, I just want to praise God. I want to thank God for this win. And I'm like, what about the people that lost? Like, are they like cursing God? Like, God, you abandoned us on the court today. You know, no, but that, they'll give a shout out to God. And sometimes we think that is. I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but acknowledging God is more than just a few words or a tip of the hat to the man upstairs after you've accomplished something. To acknowledge God means that we consider him and his wisdom constantly, constantly. It is the idea that we don't take a step, a step without looking at the situation through the lens of the wisdom of the Lord. We walk through this life together with him. The much better representation is on the basketball court would be a guy getting a pass and stopping for a minute, kneeling and praying like, God, should I take the shot or not? You know, should I, am I going to make this shot? Tell me how to do this in this moment. It would slow down the game tremendously. Nobody would watch basketball anymore. But that's the idea, actually, of what it means to acknowledge him. It's when we come to key points, decisions, whatever step we are in moving forward in our life, we acknowledge him and that we get wisdom from him. It says that if we do this, then he will make our paths straight. When we hear this, I think about a straight path being the easiest, quickest path. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. But that isn't the kind of straight path that this is talking about. The straight path here is better translated the correct path or the right way through. The correct way through. When we stop to consider with God and acknowledge him, he will lead us through whatever we are facing in the correct way. It may not be the simplest way. It may not be the easiest way or the shortest way, but it will be the correct way. And here's why we got to have a mind, mindset shift with this as well. Just like it's not a vacation, it's a relocation. Wisdom is a guide instead of a map. Wisdom is a guide, not a map. Too often we treat wisdom like it's just a map through life. When I get lost or need to go somewhere new, then I pull it out and take a look and try to figure out what to do. I'm at a point of indecision in my life, so I guess this is the time I need to pray. I've got to, I'm in a difficult situation in my life, so maybe this is the time I need to read the Bible. I'm in a loss for what to do next. This is when I need to go to church. We look at wisdom as the way to get us out of situations instead of the way to maybe never get in them or to get through them the correct way. I was out a little farther in Queens. like now It was like in between Court Square and Queensboro Plaza the other day and kind of a, a you know, odd place for like a tourist to be. And I see somebody, they have a full subway map like out looking. And I'm like, this person needs help. Like there's no, this is not somebody on Times Square. Like, where am I going? I'm like, this person probably has no clue where they are, no clue how they got here and can't figure out how to get out of this place. And so I stopped. I said, hey, you look like you need some help. And they were like, yes, I got off. I came out of an entrance. I don't know where I'm going. I finally figured out where they were trying to get to. And the easiest thing would have been done, just point on the map at that point and said, hey, go here, do this, do that. But I could just tell by the look in their eyes that was not going to be a good win for them. And so what I had to do, and I tried to be gracious, is I walked with them to the subway station. I said, here is, go through here, go this way when you get in there, get on the train, make sure it says Manhattan, and get on it and go that direction. Three stops, ask somebody when you get on the train, I want to get off here. Will you tell me when to get off? Like I was trying to give them as much step-by-step step as I could to get them where they needed to go. And that was a much better help for them than the map, right? And sometimes we treat God like he's just this map that we have to pull out 
get our bearings, try to figure out where we're at, where to go next, what dangers to avoid, all these kind of things, and we don't know. We have to figure out what all these symbols mean. We pick up the Bible for the first time in years, and we start trying to read through and go, what does this mean? I don't understand it. It's because we're only picking it up when we think we need it instead of making it part of our life. Instead, wisdom is a guide. The Lord is with us and walking through this journey with us. He's right beside us. He's been here and done that. He knows the dangers to avoid. He knows the pleasures to embrace. He knows when to stop and when to keep moving. He knows how to deal with trials and difficulties. He knows how to celebrate victories and blessings. This is what it means to acknowledge him. You don't have to go find him. He is here. Last summer, we went to uh, Paris for Natalie's uh, graduation, and we got to go to the Louvre, and somebody was able to set up for us to have a private guide at the Louvre, which I was like, man, this is amazing. Thank you. And we got there, and like we did the Louvre in record time. I mean, the only thing I knew that was in the Louvre was the Mona Lisa, right? I'm like, I want to see that, but man, this person was like taking us everywhere. Like we got through this place telling us all this stuff because we had a guide with us the entire time. I didn't have to figure out what floor is this on, where am I going, what's happening, you know, all these kind of things. What should I see here? What should I not see here? All those kind of things. Take that back a few years ago. We were in London for Christmas with Katie's mom, and I was at the British Museum by myself. Never been in there before in my life. Never even been. And I, the only thing I knew that was in the British Museum was the Rosetta Stone. Like they got a, other, a lot of other cool things. And I am like circling for about an hour and a half trying to find the Rosetta Stone. And I finally, when I finally find it, I'm on the map, and I'm like, it's right behind me. Like, it is right by, and I was like, I've circled this thing three times. I don't know what I was looking for. I think I was looking for, like, this huge monolith thing or something. I don't know what I was looking for, but it was right behind me, and I didn't even know it. I didn't have a guide there. I just had a map, and it failed me, or I failed to understand it, whichever one it is. We've got to change our mindset from having a map mindset to a guide mindset. If we approach wisdom, wisdom like a map instead of a guide, it will always be more difficult than it's designed to be. When I pull out a map, I have to stop, get my bearings, try to understand everything, and I get frustrated. And for many of us, this is how we experience Christianity. We only look at it as a map. When things that we are reading in the Bible, praying or going to church, then they seem confusing, cumbersome, or uncomfortable. I only do it when I'm lost or when I don't know where to go next or I can't figure out what to do myself once I've been leaning on my own understandings. It takes us out of what become the natural flow of our lives and makes us feel like we have to stop in the middle of the sidewalk, pull out the map, and figure out what's next. But when we treat wisdom like a guide instead, then walking with the Lord becomes the norm of our life. We see something we don't understand when you ask him, what's this? As we're walking together, we come up to a crossroads, we follow his lead and his directions. We get to a place that feels dangerous or difficult, and then we have peace knowing that we know somebody who's knows a guy in this area. He's a local. You know, we're, we're safe in this area. This happens when we don't make things like prayer, reading the Bible, and attending church pit stops along the way. When we do that, it's like a, it's like a map. And instead, we need to make them a natural part of the flow of living. Now, not out of obligation. You guys have been coming to a new city long enough. You know, it, it's not a guilt. We never use guilt to motivate. So it's not this obligation like, you better be in church. You better be reading your Bible. You better be praying. It's not out of obligation, but out of an understanding that this is how we acknowledge him in all of our ways. Listen to this. The Bible isn't a roadmap for life to be consulted when we're lost. 
The church isn't a pit stop in life for times that we just need rest. Prayer isn't a pick-me-up for those to get me through the next part of this journey. Instead, it is like our food, our air, and our water. They are there what sustain us and guide us as we embrace this Lord and His wisdom. So I want to challenge you. Let the wisdom of God become your guide, not just a map you look at when you're in trouble. Proverbs 3, 7 then says this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. Now, what does it mean to not be wise in your own, in your own eyes? When I hear this, I, I get a little uh, defensive because I like to be considered wise. Like, who doesn't, right? I like to say something. People go, oh, that was good. That, that's wise, you know? And I, yeah, that was. You know, I'm not sure where that came from, but somebody write that down or record that because that was really good. I mean, we like to be considered wise. But this verse is telling us that wisdom isn't something within us that we can uncover more of. Instead, it's actually found outside of us in the Lord. I'm not wise because of of some inherent wisdom in my mind or my soul. Instead, I'm wise because I'm choosing to allow the wisdom of God to flow into my life and out of my life. We all have the same access to the wisdom of God. Some of us may seem wiser than others simply because we're allowing that wisdom to flow into our lives more. I'm not the source of wisdom. You are not the source of wisdom. We never have been and we never will be. If I want to grow in wisdom, then I'll understand that I need to grow in my dependence upon Christ and upon God. When our kids were younger, one of the things they loved to do was to think that they were driving the car. You ever did this? with your kids if you grew up with a car like I had a car and Katie always hated when I did this so she was never in the car when I did this but I let one of them sit in my lap put their hands on the steering wheel like you know we're a block from the house and uh, I'd let them drive and they think they were you know controlling everything well I've got my foot on the gas and the brake my hands on the bottom of the steering wheel guiding them but they are feeling like they are taking charge they're running it now what if all of a sudden the next day PJ or Natalie got out in the car all by themselves, figured out how to crank it up. It's like, I know how to do this. I was successful last week with dad. I'm going to do it today without dad because I'm just as good, right? And they get in and it would be a wreck. It'd be horrible. It'd be a tragedy. It would not be a good thing. But we treat wisdom like that sometimes. Like, you know, look at what God did. Look at what God taught me. I don't need him anymore now. I'm done. I set it aside. Wisdom, I want you to understand this. Wisdom is a desire, not a destination. We aren't going to get there one day. We treat wisdom like it's a place that we will arrive. Eventually, I'm going to become wise. I will arrive. I'll have it all figured out. And I don't need God anymore. This is a trap. It makes us think that one day I can have every answer to every problem. I know exactly what to do in every situation. I'll finally have every answer. And I don't need to ask God for help anymore. The truth is wisdom is not having the right answers. I want you to understand this. Wisdom is actually knowing the right questions to ask. It's not having the right answers. It's knowing the right questions to ask. Wisdom is a desire much more than it is a destination. When I'm walking with the Lord as my God and I'm not trying to press him with my knowledge, instead I'm trying to glean as much wisdom as I can from him. How do we have this destination versus desire mindset if we approach wisdom like it's a destination we'll eventually try to take ownership of it 
when I try to take ownership of wisdom as my servant instead of becoming a servant of wisdom. And when I take ownership of it, here's what comes back into my life. Pride and envy. Remember a couple weeks ago what the traps of wisdom that Jared talked about that got us off of our journey? Pride and envy. As soon as I start to think, I'm wise, I've got it figured out, then we become prideful. And then we start allowing that pride to drive us to be envious and trying to use our newfound wisdom to take things from other people because of our envious nature. Pride and wisdom come and trap us and they begin to slow us and ensnare us. And then eventually, you know what goes away as well? Is our fear of the Lord. You remember a few weeks ago we talked about the beginning of wisdom as the fear and the awe and the worship of the Lord? Well, when we think we are then the source of wisdom, the fear of the Lord goes away. And when that happens, you know what happens? The door to wisdom closes. And we start again operating on our own understanding and our own mindset, and we're off the wisdom journey. We're off. Because we think we have made it. You know what? I've seen this happen in my life, lives of others. We get a taste of wisdom. We trust the Lord. We live it out. It brings fruit in our lives. And we think we've arrived. We start to let everyone know just how wise we are and how dumb they are. They have to, they make a point, but I have to make a point in every argument as well. People have a, say something great, but you know what I have to have? I then have to have the last word. We start to think our point of view is always the right point of view. And we become rigid and difficult to deal with. Certainly, you've never struggled with that or don't know anybody who's ever become like that. You know, you're just in a conversation with them and you think it's done until they say, well, you know what, let me, let me really tell you the truth here. They just keep adding in and want to have the last word and will not bend their perspective at all because they ultimately believe wisdom comes from them. But when we treat wisdom like a desire, we can't ever get enough of it. We can't get enough of it. We don't ever think about being done. Instead, we want to keep consuming wisdom. Wisdom fulfills us and makes us hungry at the same time. If you know me well at all, you know one of my favorite meals is steak. Like, I love steak. I would, but I don't eat it every day. I mean, I I just love it. It's a good, I love steakhouses in the city. I think it's why God really drew me to this city was to enjoy the steakhouses here. And I do, I love them. I I love them. And I want to tell you, while I'm eating it, it is so good. But when I'm finished, I'll be very honest with you, I start thinking about when's the next one? Where am I going to go next? And that's kind of like wisdom. Like when I get a taste of wisdom, and I'm like, man, I want more of that. I want to experience that again. I want to taste that again. While it fulfills, it also makes me hungry and longing for more. And this is why it's a desire and not a destination. When this happens in our lives, we don't have to make sure that we get the last word in. Instead, people will be coming to us for input and answers. We don't have to act like we know it all. Instead, people want to know us and how to connect to the same wisdom we have. We don't have to become rigid and difficult. Instead, we are constantly learning and able to adapt to whatever situation there is. Wisdom is a desire, not a destination. And then let's close with Proverbs 3.8. And it's a great verse to close with in this passage because it says if you do all this, you know, you change your mind, you relocate. Instead of just going on a vacation, treat wisdom as a guide instead of a map. You have a desire instead of a destination. Here's what's going to happen, Proverbs 3. It then will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. This last thought that I want to give us a verse 8 is 
this benefit of walking the straight path of, the, of wisdom, of relocating and making it at your guide, and it's simply this. Wisdom is a fulfillment, not a feeling. It's not just this feeling we get. It actually is nourishment for us. These last two verses are packed with visual and practical meaning. And the way they're actually translated in this version of the Bible leaves a little bit of the true meaning out. And actually the King James Version translates this about it, I think, the best as the English can. And here's the King James. It says this, It will be healthy to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. And that just sounds weird, right? Like, what are you talking about? But this is what it actually means is wisdom, the word here that's used when it talks about thy navel, is actually the word for umbilical cord in the, in, the, in the Hebrew, that it's saying it is that part, if you, it is your connection to God where he is feeding you and nourishing you as a mother does a child. It is pouring into your life. Everything you need is coming through that connection with God. It will be what helps you grow, what helps you stay healthy, what will help you develop, what will help you nourish you in everything that you need. It will be a nourishment and healing and health through thy navel to you. It is your direct connection to God. But then it says it will also be refreshment to your bones or marrow to your bones. And what refreshment and marrow means is this. The marrow in the bones, without marrow, you know what happens to your bones? They become brittle, dry, easily broken, fragile. It doesn't take much. You hit your arm, it would break in half. It's like a piece of chalk. That's what your bones would turn into without the marrow, without life flowing through it. And he says, literally, as wisdom flows in through you, you will become more flexible, you will be more agile, more your ability to handle any situation that comes your way. You'll be able to stretch down and touch your toes, which I wish I could do still, or do a split. Or what, you're agile as you go through life. I mean, think about this. Wisdom is great for making decisions. I'm glad, you know, I, I've learned some wisdom in my life that I can practice in my life. But that is not the benefit of wisdom. The benefit of wisdom is nourishment to my soul and the ability to be flexible and handle any situation that comes my way. Don't you want that? That's what I want in my life. This is what this wisdom journey is all about, the crooked road versus the straight road. The crooked road doesn't mean that you're just going out of the way. Michael actually sent me an email this week that helped put this in a great perspective in my life. He said, you know, sometimes when we get to trials and we don't know how to handle them, we don't use wisdom, we just try to go around them. And our road grows crooked because we're taking a path God never said instead of using wisdom to get through it and over it. And that's exactly a great picture of what this means. Wisdom is whenever we hit something, it's not avoidance or removal. It's actually walking through it, challenging it, dealing with it. So my question for you today is this. Will you allow wisdom to flow into your life like nourishment through your navel and bring refreshment like marrow to your bones? Will you embrace this wisdom journey? Will you stop thinking of wisdom as just a place to visit to instead relocate your life there, plant your life in wisdom? Will you stop thinking of wisdom as a map that you just need to pull out when you get into a, a dead end and instead making a part of the natural rhythm of your life? 
Will you stop thinking wisdom is this destination that one day I'll arrive and I've got all that I need. I've uncovered all the wisdom that I have within me and instead grow in your dependence upon God and his never-ending source of wisdom. Now, those are all great. If you'd say yes, yes, yes to all those. But how does that happen? This comes when we choose to surrender and submit our will and our desires and our understandings and place our faith in the creator of heaven and earth. When we actually choose to stop and say, there is a God and I'm not him. I'm not him. And this God that created me wants to pour this into me. And the way that we connect that umbilical cord and that marrow flows through our lives is through a connection with his son, Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh, who came and dwelt among us. And it's an opportunity for us to have a relationship with him. And when we do, we experience, the Bible teaches us over and over again, new life in Christ. Do you want to know what this new life is? It's that refreshment through our navel, that nourishment through our bones. It literally brings life to where there was death. And it happens when we surrender and submit our lives to the teaching and the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's a shift in our mind, it's a shift in our heart, and it's a shift in our soul. It's not happened because some cute little prayer we pray. It happens because we intentionally, logically, and faithfully in our minds say, I am placing my trust not in myself or my circumstances, but I'm placing them in the God who created me and the God who loved me and the God who gave himself for me. And that's my challenge for you to think about this week. Have you ever done that? Has that been a point in your life where you said, I'm submitting to God, submitting to him through his son, Christ, and allowing that to then flow into my life through my navel and through the marrow of my bones? If you need to ever talk to somebody about that, you know we have people available here to say, how do I take that next step? How do I understand what that means? During our last song in our service, we always have people uh, behind the curtains that you can pray with and Uh, You can just say, I just need prayer. If you have a specific thing that you need to pray for, you can share that as well. But my prayer for us this morning is that we would seek out wisdom and the only source of wisdom, which is through our creator and through his son, Christ. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Father, as we come to this pivotal moment in this series, in this pivotal moment, maybe in some of our lives, God, would you help us realize that There's so much to this life journey than just what happens on the outside, just circumstances and just getting through the day and just making it through another week or another season or another year or another trial, that, God, we would learn to sustain ourselves through a connection to your wisdom, through a connection to you. God, would you help us this morning to just stop, to stop leaning on our own understanding? And start to acknowledge you in all that we do so that you will make our path straight. May we turn from evil thinking that we have it all together and instead trust in you and allow you to bring the nourishment and refreshment into our lives. God, I need your wisdom today, tomorrow, every day every moment, would you allow us to become people that are completely dependent on you and your wisdom?